Welcome to Bears Over Beers. I'm Jeff Perkins, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined, as always, by EJ Snyder. EJ, we've got the reigning champ guest. He's kicking back his record from Brad Spielberger, <laughs> this, the, the boss at Windy City Gridiron, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr., joining Bears Over Beers. So, guys, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, guys. When I was listening to that episode with you and Brad, and I'm thinking, I think I have the record. And, and <laughs> well, then all of a sudden, here, here I am now, and I'm back on top, regardless I'm on the record now. <laughs> That's right. There's, uh, you know, there there was no pressure applied by the powers that be to retain this record through <laughs> unnatural means. No, we love having Lester on. Lester's, uh, I was, I think the first pod, the second podcast I was ever on was Lester's. Um, so long time back and forth here, but couldn't be happier to have him on a week when there's not a lot of game news necessarily. So we're going to dive into some other topics. Um, but yeah, good to have the champ back on the podcast. Well, so as, as EJ is talking about, we have the bad New York football giants coming to soldier field to play the not so good Chicago bears. We'll talk a little bit about the game. Um, mostly what we are going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about head coaching candidates. We kind of find interesting categories of those. I put up a crazy visual in my visualize this article this week. You guys should check that out. It was me losing my mind and it turned out to be kind of a fun deal. Um, and then after the break, we're, we are going to do a pizza toppings draft because New York, you got New York style pizza, you got Chicago style pizza. We thought, well, what about the toppings? Why don't we do another draft like the cheese draft that everybody loved to bury me on social media about my choices. And I will see if I can redeem myself with pizza toppings, but to get all that going, of course, what goes well with pizza beer. And I saw that Lester bought a beer which is a is beer. an event in his life it is so lester what did you bring on to bears over beers you know i always try and get something that just looks fancy to me so can art there's a beer a bear on this it's called bear hug beer and i didn't realize it's from a, a chicago brewery goose island at the oh. time so it's everyone knows goose island it's a uh it's a ddh double ipa 9.9 percent alcohol um, that's, that's I'm going gonna, for it. I'm that going is gonna for punch it, you in the mouth, Lester. And, and it says here it's tropical smooth hop explosion. Yeah, it's gonna be all hops. Nine it's gonna be grapefruit and punching <laughs> you in the face. That's that's fascinating. Good, good for you. Um, Goose Island, if you want to sponsor an episode, let us know. We would be happy uh to to have the Chicago Brewery sponsor that. EJ, what did you bring on? Uh I went international. Uh I grabbed a handful of international beers right before Christmas, and I have this one left over. Uh, no real significance for the week or the pizza draft or the Giants or anything else, but this is from Belgium. Uh, it is a Belgian white called Blanche Bruxelles. Uh, it's a product of Belgium. It is a totally reasonable 4.5, uh, although it is a 16-ounce can, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I like Belgian whites, um, not all the time, but they're a great sort of change-it-up beer, and uh, I've not had this one, so that's always a fun experiment for me, trying something new. What do you have? Well, I didn't even know where it was from. It's called Corporate Ladder Brewing Company. Uh, the the <laughs> the uh, the beer is called Company Values. Um, it's actually out of Wisconsin. Um, again, I did not know that. Six point two percent. It is a hurricane tiki inspired smoothie sour <laughs> uh, ale with tan- tangerine, passion fruit, pomegranate, and lime. That's because good. I thought Lester might like it. That's yeah. why I brought it on. I thought Lester might like it. Can art, very simple, black and white can. I, uh, it, 
I like it. I like. I love the like brewery the name. I love the beer name. The can art is really cool, and the beer has got to be considered in the flex category because if you throw that much crap in a beer, <laughs> is it really even a beer anymore? It's six point two percent, so it is a flex. Maybe it's more of a cocktail. I don't know, but it's you know it's probably got the other things in there. Uh, before we open them, uh, and and if you ever want to buy us a beer, check out our Patreon page. That's Bears Over Beers on Patreon. Uh, we would appreciate if you would check that out and consider doing that. That'd be really cool. Love to add you into the family on that. Before we open them, I want to toast tonight's episode to a couple of great football people that we lost this week. Lost them on the same day. Um, I don't know how you guys felt. Obviously, um, I, I didn't know Jeff Dickerson personally, but he was a guy that I really respected his work. If I was listening to the radio and they teased that JD was coming on, I was coming back after that commercial break. I always respected his work. thought he had great integrity. Um, let's just talk about Jeff first. Um, and and what about you guys? What, you know, just thoughts on Jeff Dickerson. Yeah, I mean, I was always a fan. I mean, he he never had the the hot take stuff. I mean, he always kind of yeah. just just you know he, he spoke from the heart, and that's what I always appreciate about Jeff Dickerson. And you know, it's uh, it's a testament to his character. You saw that the 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 page for his son is like you know it's close, it's close to a million bucks right now. I mean, people really want to support him and his family, and it's just uh, it's it's a great thing for Chicago. Yeah, I read his work. It's crazy. Uh, for about 15 or 16 years, he's been with ESPN since 2001, um, had been with mm -hmm. ESPN since 2001. I, I probably picked up on his work maybe three or four years after that. So talking about 15 or 16 years of reading somebody's work. So I, I did not, I never had the chance to meet him. I certainly didn't know him, but I feel like I did because I read his work for 15 years. And uh, like you said, Jeff, I thought that he... He had a good line on being a journalist, on asking good questions um, and giving straight answers. I always felt like he played it fairly straight. All the tributes from uh, literally who's who of Chicago media. Like I'm probably the only one that didn't everyone. know JD. Like everyone <laughs> is is in on that. And it's amazing to see the son, the the fun for his son, Parker. Um, reaching the heights it's reaching, which is tremendous. That family's been through unimaginable upset for the past few years. It's just terrible loss. So I think it's a real testament to how he was as a person. And that's awesome. So gone way too soon. And uh, I did buy one of the shirts, um, the JD Bear shirt. So that'll be coming on the podcast. All those proceeds are going again to the fund for Parker. Um, so amazing to see everybody pull together, but, uh, certainly would have liked to see it under better circumstances. So that's a Chicago t-shirt company. I believe I think it's uh, mm -hmm. called obvious t-shirts. Uh, it's all over the place. You can find it and go to their website. I, I, I will say that, uh, I believe Bill Zimmerman, who's been doing fundraising all year for different charities by people on Twitter, trying to predict the, the quarterbacks, uh, stat line, I, I believe he, announced already that he was putting those proceeds towards um towards that fund for for parker as well so i think that it, there's a couple of ways to get involved in participating there obviously direct donation you can do that you can get a t-shirt which the proceeds of which would go to that and then you could participate with bill zimmerman's uh, fundraising effort match the effort there or just just put a like if you don't want to put your own money in you can put a like or predict the line and, and he'll put some money towards this so um multiple ways to contribute if, the, if that's something that you're interested in and, and i encourage everybody to consider that and check that out um also want to talk about john madden who besides george hallis 
I'm not sure that there is another human being that didn't did that much for football as as John Madden did. Um, obviously, he was an incredible coach uh, in the Hall of Fame as a coach. Uh, I think he was incredible in the booth. This is who I grew up with, and I think you guys probably listen to just as many, probably more games than me, because you guys uh, have you know, been around a couple more years than I have. Um, but certainly the person that I identified with as uh, the color commentator um, for all of the big football games that I would, that I would watch. And, and then of course the video game and then everything he did after that. And I don't know how many hundreds, if probably thousands of hours, sorry, mom, um, that, uh, that video <laughs> game soaked up, but it was a lot of, uh, for a football obsessed kid, you know, he really, tapped into that and and pulled me in and taught me a lot about the game and it made me feel like um you know made me feel like i knew him too right and that, that's what i said I, I you know obviously never met either one of those people but i i felt like i knew them and and john madden i'm just not sure that you can say the right words to say how much he means to the game but i know that i probably it, am as much into football as i am because in large part because of john madden pulling me along yeah, I think he's the reason a lot of people love football as much as they do because his passion came through. You know, him and Pat Summerall, you know, it was it was CBS, then it was the Fox, and then of course he went over to 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 with with uh, with without Michaels doing some stuff there. So his passion for the game shined through, but but his legacy obviously is going to be the, the Madden franchise. It was just such a, a huge thing. I had the very first uh, Madden game for my old uh, Commodore sixty four. It actually had Walter Payton was on there still, so that that's how old that one was. That was the very first one and. And the cool thing about that game is, is like I said, I, I was at the team at the time and, you know, it was, uh, you could design your own place. So I started learning mm. that aspect of it, you know, with the computer. And then my first year coach, I think I was 21 years old. I was the, uh, the, the head sophomore coach at uh, Richard Burton High School. I, I had to kind of call plays. You know, I understood the run game. I don't understand pass concepts, none of that stuff. I stole my passing game from the Madden at the time. I got all my concepts, all, all the route combinations, because I didn't know what went what. And I, I learned it by playing Madden and, 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 and going over that whole thing. And, you know, that's I'm sure I'm not the only guy. A lot of people probably mm-hmm. learned the passing scheme from John Madden. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's um, his impact is it's not easy to state um, how much of an impact and how far flung. Uh, it was, and you're not the only guy, Lester. There have been already hundreds of stories, and and I'm sure that's just a sampling off the top of the crust of, hey, I knew defense, but I didn't know offense, or I knew run game, and I didn't know pass game, or I, you know, I knew coverage, but I didn't know blitzes. And people would go and say, hey, here's the basis, right? Here's my chalkboard, and it was flexible, and and they could run it and see it in space. It's it's the precursor to football VR, and the stuff that I've loved hearing about is all the stuff that he pioneered because he wanted people to see the game. He, the way he saw it and he was incredibly smart and he, everybody thinks he was comedic and the best comedians are really smart, right? He was a funny color guy, but that was calculated, right? Not in a, I'm trying to trick you way, but I can help you along and make you interested and understand football by making this as relatable, by making myself as relatable as possible. And that was his gift. And there, I don't think there's been anybody since 
that has been able to combine that football smart, the savvy, the real passion to show people the mechanics of the game. Um, one of the best stories was that before him, broadcasters didn't talk to coaches or players. They mm. talked to the PR staff. Right. And he was like, when do we get to go to practice? And they're like, John, we don't, we don't, we don't go to practice. We're the TV guys. And he's like, baloney. <laughs> like we're, we go to practice. When do we go? And they're like, we just, we talk to the PR guys and we get what we need about the team. And he was like, no, not satisfactory. Like I'm going to go talk to players and coaches. Cause I know him. So I'm going. And at, by within six months, it was the broadcast standard that brought all broadcast teams, all networks talk to players and coaches, not to the PR staff. That's because of him. Um, his replay angle, somebody gave him, um, TV angle to study for one of the Super Bowls, and he was incensed. He was like, No, 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 coaches film only, all 22 are GTFO. Like, no, no, no. Uh, the first down marker that we're all very used to, the yellow line on the field, it's because he had the original CBS chalkboard, which was the precursor of the telestrator, and he was drawn all over uh, one of the field markups to show the production angles. Like, I want this on the camera, and I want to be able to see this. And he said, Why can't we just leave this on the field? Right. I'll just draw this line here. It's a yellow line. Why can't we just leave that on the field so people can see it? And everybody was like, I, uh, I, it seems really complicated. I'm not sure. It might, it might cost a lot of money. He's like, baloney, get a line on the field. And the folks, the other thing is everybody that worked for him on his production crew is now in charge of football production all over the league. It's the head of Fox NFL, it's NFL Network. Like all those guys were on his crew as like junior production assistants, cameramen, whatever. And now they run how everybody sees football. And I mean, everybody. And there were so many nuggets like that. And it was just because he wanted people to understand football the way he did. And he could do that. It's fascinating. Yeah, the, the share the passion. I think that we, the three of us, can understand that. And that's why we put in the hours that we do is because we have the passion for this sport and this game and this team, which has not always given us uh, <laughs> enough in response, but let's open these up and cheers. These two gentlemen um, in their, in their memory. Oh man, this is going to be rough. I, I honestly, Lester, oof. we love you for it. We love you for it. It's all for the brand. My friends, I have to, it's not too bad. Okay. Taking one for the team. <laughs> Not too bad. Double IPA. It's like the worst wow. nightmare for me. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this game real quick. Giants are coming to town. Are they starting Mike Glennon? I mean, they might start Mike Glennon. They might play some other guy. For the, I think they were. They said they might play two quarterbacks here. So we're playing, I don't know, a Division two. Is, is that not team. the surest sign that things are in the can for a team? Oof. Like, who's, who's playing quarterback? Oh, we have two. We have two. They're going to yeah. both play. Wow. There's no injury. It's just either Glennon or Jake Fromm. You know, pick your poison bears. You know, you'll never know who, who you'll never know which guy to prep for, Fromm <laughs> or Glennon. What are you going to do? Sean yeah. Desai is shaking in his boots right now, trying to figure out that that scheme. Well, I, I, we don't know if Justin Fields is going to start because, unfortunately, Matt Nagy is doing the exact same thing where yeah. he's not telling who's going to start. But I, I, I assume that. Justin Fields really wants to be out there so that he can make sure that he gets the better of Jake Fromm. Yes. <laughs> a little throwback action. That's <laughs> uh it's one of the many ang well, one of the few angles that yeah, interesting. How many do you have? I was like, yeah, I don't have a whole lot more. Uh no, this is two franchises that are in 
rough spots this season. I mean, the, the Giants have already, well, they haven't fired him, but they've already said to their general manager, please move along. They're going to allow him to retire. The Mara family, um, you know, is similar to the Bears leadership in that they don't like firing people in season. They crave stability at the general manager and coaching spots and apparently even the quarterback spot. Um, look, it's not going well for the Giants. Giants fans will tell you that. It, it's not going well for the Bears. I think the Giants are one of the few teams in the league that kind of have it worse than the Bears right now. Um, and there's only a handful of those. Uh, and the Giants aren't catching a lot of heat for that because there's four or five teams that are uh, – more of a clown show than they are uh but it's not great in giants land so the gm's moving on after the season that's dave gettleman but they've said that they're gonna bring back the coach joe judge and the quarterback danny dimes and i just want to bring this up because the bears are at the precipice of a change as well uh it's generally accepted that matt Nagy's moving along people have questions about whether or not ryan pace will be included in that or excluded from that um but chicago in a major difference has its quarterback right justin fields is here and going to be here for a while but it's a really weird stance and i wanted to get you guys's take on what the giants have done which is say hey the gm's going along but oh hey new gm you get joe judge and danny dimes so your two biggest levers to change the franchise are out of your control and by the way we're like sixth worst in cap space in the league Good luck. It's like in this situation, it rarely works. I mean, if you want a guy to come in, you should have a clean slate. I mean, taking it back to the Bears, we saw Phil Emery came in and they said, you got to keep Lovey. And it was like, you know, you could tell he didn't want Lovey. So as soon as he had a chance to fire him, he did it. He went 10 and 6 that year, you know, and it's like they had the, the Tressman year was was fun at first. Then went downhill. That whole, the whole Bruce Arians could have been the guy, that whole – it was just a mess. So it's like, give your franchise a clean slate or don't make a change. It's like, what's the point? I, I just don't understand. If you're going to get rid of one, get rid of everybody. You know, start fresh. And then as far as the quarterback, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. He's still a young quarterback. There might be some upside there, but, you know, the time is ticking on that too. I think practically speaking, it's <clears throat> the Giants own the Bears' first-round pick for the Justin Fields trade. So that's Dave Gettleman's parting gift, which is amazing. Thank you, Dave. Um, if the bears are going out and hiring another GM, that opening is so much better in Chicago than it is in New York because they're putting qualification. Well, here's your coach and here's the quarterback we want you to try to make work. Right? So a good GM candidate that might be interviewed by both teams is going to be much more attracted to the situation in Chicago, just from the fact that they're going to have more freedom to, to hire a new coach and they have uh, an attractive quarterback prospect in place, not someone who looks like they're completely broken and wants to set turnover records. Right. So the fact that the giants did this and have like already stated to me is a mistake because you're, you're already making your job unattractive and that's just good news for the bears. That's how I see it. I like the silver lining that it's good news for the bears. And and yeah, if I'm a GM candidate, I, I it's the old Bill Parcells things, right? If you're going to ask me to cook the meal, let me shop for the groceries. And if you're going to say, Oh, well, here's your ingredients that we got and they're kind of day old and they're not great, but please make them work. Like 
it does feel like it's going to be a countdown to the Joe Judge firing, right? It feels like a year in, they're going to go, well, we kind of knew. Now we really know. Bye. And now we get to start over, right? So if I'm a GM candidate taking that job, I'm going to say something really unpalatable. Like you give me a three-year guaranteed contract and you do not talk to me about my job performance for the first 12 months. Like nothing. You do not bring it up because we know what's going to happen, right? I can try as hard as I want. We're going to get a lot of turnovers from the quarterback position. Danny Dimes is averaging just under two per game for his career, which is stunning as a stat. And Joe Judge, uh, you know, the Maris came out and said, uh, privately at least, uh, it was reported they said they think they've found their Bill Parcells. And I was like, oh. Okay, there's a lot going on with that statement. And and you could be right. Like coaches do uh, have lukewarm beginnings and, and better second acts, usually somewhere else, the Pete Carrolls of the world, the Bill Belichicks of the world, um, not usually in the same role, but it, it does happen. Quarterbacks, on the other hand, like we've seen Daniel Jones for three years and the best indicator of future performance is past performance it's it's unlikely that he's going to change course radically so if i'm a gm i come in and say something that's not going to get me the job which is leave me alone until i can reset the slate if you're going to hand me this and of course they're not going to hire me if i say that so i I think yeah people coming to chicago and it's like hey you get to pick your coach and you've got a quarterback in place that looks to have great potential which is one of the hardest positions to fill in sports cool give me that job well, I don't know. Good luck, Giants, with that first-round pick. Um, you know, we'll see you down the line. Uh, Giants and Bears go back a long way. But why don't we kind of use that as a bridge to get into, I guess, our speed round this week. We're not going to go into an in-depth look at coaches. Um, but kind of building off of that crazy visual chart, I wanted to ask you guys a few questions about some of the potential head coaching candidates. I don't have to go super deep. It's just more like categories and names that you guys might be interested in or comfortable with if the Bears bring in um, this guy for an interview. Maybe this guy excites you. Maybe this guy doesn't excite you. So let me start with a category that I'm not a big fan of, and that is the college head coach. The idea of going down into the college ranks and and pulling up uh, a coach, not a great success hit rate, Honestly, Jim Harbaugh might be the one exception to someone who had a lot of success being pulled up uh, in, into an NFL head coach for the first time. A little bit different because J- Jim Harbaugh, you know, he was in the NFL, so there is some of that. But, you know, I threw out a couple names. Ryan Day has been linked a lot because he was Justin Fields' uh, coach. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald's always mentioned when a, a Bears coaching job comes open. Matt Campbell at Iowa State, a lot of people around me love that guy. You know, and obviously Harbaugh is kind of different because he used to be uh, an NFL head coach. But what do you guys think about the college head coach? And is there somebody that might be like, eh, I'd be okay if it was that guy? I mean, of the college guys, it's got to be Harbaugh. I mean, he, he's done it in the NFL. You know, he has a track record of success. I mean, he always wins. I mean, he doesn't always win at all, but he wins. And, you know, his, his personality is a bit abrasive. Um, but, I mean, I'm okay with it. If, if my head coach is an ass, but but he's winning football games, I, I'm fine with it. Now it comes down to is that something George McCaskey's and the McCaskey family and the board's going to be okay with? 
I mean, I don't, I don't have a really high opinion of what the McCaskey family does as far as running the, running the, running the whole team. So I, I don't know. It's uh, but but of all the college guys, he'd be the one guy. He's not my top choice. But if that was the guy they went with, I'd be yeah, I can I could see it working in Chicago. EJ, <laughs> okay, <laughs> nah, <laughs> sorry, nah, fam, uh, uh-uh. uh, I I would not be pleased if Harbaugh was the next coach of the Bears. Like Harbaugh has certainly an NFL pedigree. I haven't been thrilled with what he's done at Michigan and. Look, the college game and the pro game are different. Uh, the college game has changed, and so has the pro game since he was in it. And he hasn't shown me for the most part that he has what it takes to keep with the big leagues. And the big leagues are changing fast. Um, and change isn't really Harbaugh's middle name. So I would be very concerned if Jim Harbaugh is the next coach of the Bears. He, he's been in the league both as a player and a coach. He understands it from that perspective. But in terms of what's his role, coach, he hasn't shown a lot of flexibility in what he's done at Michigan. And that worries me a lot. Like three yards in a cloud of dust is not going to get it done in the NFL. And if you look at, the quarterbacks he's run through, especially recently in Michigan, like, mm, no, I would, I would have serious concerns. And generally I would have serious concerns about a college coach in general, because I think a yeah. college coach coming to the NFL is much like a rookie quarterback coming to the NFL. There is an adjustment year. I don't care who you are. Look at Peyton Manning's rookie year. It was not great. And Peyton Manning was obviously a tremendous quarterback. It takes a while to get up to speed, and a rookie head coach is going to have that as well if they don't flame out. But even if they're going to be good and stick, it's going to take a year, and I don't really want that. I would much rather have an alternate candidate who is working in the league now and is having success. All right, so here's the thing. I'm not a big fan of this idea of Harbaugh. And I don't want any other college coach because I agree with you about the college coach thing. It's just not my my thing. But <laughs> that would be fun. as come on as it would be so much fun <laughs> as a content creator. And then as a as a history guy, oh. you have George Hallis, you know, played for the team and then coached and had all this success. And then you have uh, the you know the 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 war years the the co coaches you know one of those guys played they won a championship right and then you have Mike Dicka of course played under George Hallis and then comes back as a coach and wins a championship and honestly I mean I don't know about Luke Johnson's you know what kind of personality he had but George Hallis was not exactly the nicest guy and you know he, he was he was kind of a jerk to a lot of people dicka not exactly the uh, a media darling right I mean, he was because he would have outbursts but not because he was friendly to him right and then you've got jim harbaugh who played for mike dicka there's something kind of interesting about the idea of a, an abrasive guy that played for the last championship coach to come back i mean it's storybook and it's beautiful and i would love to write that story I don't think it's the right thing, no. but I it, it uh, kind of like as a script, it just writes itself. The prophecy shall be fulfilled, my friends. There you go. All right. Exactly. I got I got two things for you. <laughs> if Harbaugh is the next coach of the Bears, I'm making both of you wear khaki pants. Sure. That's Let's happening. Go. Let's go. And you know, there's another guy that played for the Bears. Yeah, yeah we'll get to oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to him. Don't, I'll take don't him. Spoil it. I'm not going to. I'll take him. Okay. Let's move on to the next category. 
and then we'll and then we'll get to that category. So no next Dabble category, talk really quick here. No, uh, what's that? No, no uh, Dabble Sweeney talk here, real quick on the college stuff. If you hate the Bears, then <laughs> that's that's, the that's who yeah. you want. That end the flow chart when you go that direction. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. was the end of that, no, flow, that no, particular no. route. All right, special teams coach. So I think speaking of Harbaugh's, John Harbaugh, very good head coach. I think we all like John Harbaugh. He's done a really nice job. He came up through those special teams ranks. Everybody likes to point out that Ditka was a special teams coach as well. Um, there have been some interesting, good names through the years um, that have been special teams coaches for the Chicago Bears and then throughout the league. What do you guys think about interviewing those special teams coaches? You know, a guy like Dave Tobe, who obviously had a great success here. You know, uh, John Fossil, whose dad was a head coach. He's had a lot of success as a, as a special teams coach. Um, Jeff Rogers, I think, is a name that gets gets kind of bandied about. So who is there? A, do you like that idea? Is there a guy that you're kind of interested in bringing in for an interview um, or you'd be happy with if, if he was the next Bears head coach? I mean, for me, I, I love Dave Tobe. I think he's he's a, uh, a quality coach. There's just but like, why hasn't he been hired to this point? I mean, he's always one of these guys that's talked about. You know, there's something going on behind the scenes, whether he does an interview well. You know, maybe there's something else going on when, when you know that's 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 never really made public. But his his players all rave about him. You know, the the whole aspect of of as a special teams coach, you deal with the whole roster. I think that's that's a plus. But for some reason, why is he never getting a gig? And I, I, th- I kind of look at kind of the same way with with uh, with Vic, uh, Vic Fangio. He was always a longtime assistant. He never got that shot, and he finally gets his shot. And it's is it, maybe it's too late for him. So, is, is it going to happen at Toe? Will they have to wait a, 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 a real long a real long time before he gets his final shot? Like, why isn't he getting the gig? I, I don't understand it. Yeah. Well, I think it might be because of the the position he holds and. Special teams coordinators don't get a lot of interviews. Like Tobe has not been on a lot of those interview lists. It's it's the hot offensive and defensive coordinators. Um, the NFL just changed the rules around hiring because of the little pressure cooker that this is. And that's limited a lot of opportunities, especially for guys that coach for successful teams like Tobe does. They go deep into the playoffs. There's a limit there, and they're kind of already down the road with somebody. By the time those guys get knocked out of the playoffs or the Super Bowl, he just he hasn't had a ton of interviews. I, they don't release full interview lists for every position, but he hasn't been on a lot of them. He's had I've, a few, yeah, a few, yeah. But you know, I, I'm I don't think enough for me to say, oh man, he's had like all these interviews and it hasn't happened for him. Which is, look, it, it, he's been coaching a long time. I think that's a plus. I'm with you, Lester. The idea of roster familiarity, both sides, is great. It would come down to who he would get as a coordinator. But again, with a guy that's been around the league and been as successful as he has and been exposed to as many successful coaches as he has over the years, I have trouble believing he couldn't get himself a good, quite frankly, offensive coordinator because that's what he needs if he comes to Chicago. I like the idea. I, I I think that it's kind of fun when you have a guy that is always trying to make, you know, the uh, chicken salad out of chick- chicken feathers, right? Where, you know, hey, we had to cut this guy. And it was like, that was a three-phase special teamer for me. Why did you cut him? Well, you know, we we wanted to sign this wide receiver that, oh, by the way, he can't really play special teams. So, you know, <laughs> uh, and it's like, what are you doing, right? And so these guys are constantly like problem-solving. Um, with personnel. And I think that that's really valuable, particularly in today's game. 
and expanded rosters and how you, you know, you want depth and, and all that. So I, I think it's kind of an interesting angle. Um, I, you know, I'd love to see a homecoming with Dave Tobe. That would be great. Let me move on to defense. So when I put this crazy chart together, one of the things that stuck out to me was the number of names that get kind of bandied about that were former head coaches that are currently successful defensive coordinators. And so there are a lot of guys that like won a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator and then got head coaching job and it didn't go well when they got released or it went well for a while, right? There's some names out there that were successful coaches for a long time. And and there's, you know, there's a guy with the Bears connection that we'll let EJ talk about. But is there a name out of that defensive coordinator group that you'd be like, yeah, I'm good with that. Like, I like that guy. Hopefully he gets the offensive side of this figured out. But I think I'm okay with that guy being hired to to run this team right now. EJ, you want to take this one first? No, you go ahead. Because my I mean, guy wasn't a defensive guy that used to play for the Bears. Okay. Oh, I mean, you're you know, going that route. Well, that, uh, okay. okay. That's kind of a... All right, all I right. Mean, there's the 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 Leslie Frazier connection that's picking right. up steam and that's in the media right now. You know, I, I think a guy like Todd Bowles probably deserves a, a second chance to run a franchise. You know, there's a there's a lot of guys, and you know, I, I think that, like you said before, it's all about how you're going to have your offensive staff. I mean, if you can come in with a good plan in place, you can prove and, and show how how you're going to how you're going to build stuff around Justin Fields. I think that's really all that matters, and. You know, whether it's a defensive guy, an offensive guy, or a special teams guy, you got to be a leader. You know, you have to be able to, you know, you have to really uh, be able to to, uh, to really command the room. You have to have that respect from the players, from your from your peers, from your other coaches. It's it's hard to say because you're having these guys that have never done it before um, come in and you ask them to do it. So at least the guy like, you know, Frazier and Bowles, you know, they've at least held the job before. So you kind of have a track record there to see what they did. They didn't have the most success as head coaches, but at least they understand the gig. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's definitely a piece, and we see it with offensive coaches as well. Um, come in, and head coach is a very different gig than coordinator, offensive or defensive. doesn't matter. Head coach, the expansion of your responsibilities is sort of exponential, like position coach to like group coach to like defensive coordinator. I think that's sort of a linear progression. You get to head coach, and it goes straight off the chart because now you're it. You're in charge of everything. And that catches a lot of guys out because it's not the same skill set. You know, would I be okay with a defensive coordinator? My first question is, what are they doing about the offense? Mm -hmm. Like I, the defense has to be part of the football team, right? It's one of three phases. If you really want to get down to it, it's one of the two more important phases. It has to be good. But the question in Chicago is not defense anymore it can't be like the chicago bears are never going to win football games scoring 16 and 18 points a game like they're just not gonna do it so whoever the coach is and you're right lester they have to be a leader right they have to be a leader in a different way and honestly i think matt nagy is a decent leader but he doesn't have the offense figured out his offense is junk right at the NFL level he doesn't score points and you have to score points to win so if you want to get a good leader of men who happens to come from the defensive side of the ball i'm like cool who's he bringing in to run the offense right unless it's him now there are guys that have done things on both sides of the ball but there's not a, a lot of those you need offense so defense great I, you know i think Sean Desai has done really well with what he was given speaking of 
chicken salad out of chicken feathers. Um, you know, and I would encourage a coach coming in if they're from the offensive side of the ball to retain Sean Desai. That would be his fourth coaching staff in Chicago. And that's probably a league record, right? We changed four coaching staffs and you stayed every time. There's probably some O-line coaches that have like been through seven maybe, maybe regimes, right? <laughs> they just yeah. stayed the whole career. Right. Just never left. Like that guy's a fixture. You have to keep him. And well, I, it's okay. you know, I, I get what you guys are saying. And I, I think the Leslie, Leslie Frazier thing's interesting. And again, that's kind of the same thing with Harbaugh. Um, very much like in the lovey mold in terms of demeanor. Um, be interesting. I think Chicago would embrace that. I think uh, Matt Eberflus is getting a lot of talk. I don't really buy that uh, yet. I know he's he's got a lot of talent to work with in, in Indianapolis. He's doing a nice job. That would be the one name that doesn't have previous head coaching experience. I'm not sure. I don't know enough about him. but I that, like that, him. I'm uh, just going to say I like Eberflus because he adjusts. And there's been a lot of conversation over the last couple of weeks about coaches that don't adjust. And there are a lot of them in the NFL. And that seems weird, right? They don't adjust to personnel. They don't adjust to their opponent. And the coaches that do, we talk about a lot. The Belichicks of the world, whatever. And Iberflus is a guy that molds to his opponent and does it successfully. So that alone is encouraging. Leader of men, all the other stuff we talked about. Can he handle the extra level of responsibility? Don't know. But he is a guy that adapts and uses his personnel well. So I like that. Let's flip over to the other side of the ball because I'm saving that for last because obviously that's where most people think the Bears should go. You have a young quarterback. If you could bring in a great offensive mind that can just pair with Justin Fields, hopefully you don't have to worry about losing an offensive coordinator that does well with him to a head coaching gig. If you were to hire a a special teams coach or or a, a defensive coach, you would have that guy in place because that's what he's there for, right? And so there are a number of offensive names, guys that were previously head coaches. There's even, you know, a former Super Bowl champion that's out there. Like there are guys that you can bring in here. And I think we've all kind of got our favorites for different reasons. Who you like, Lester? Who you want? Like, what is your ideal? Who's the guy that you'd be happy with? You know, what what are you thinking here? There's just so many of them right now. I mean, I mean, I mean the guy like Roman Dable. You know, I, I'm I'm starting to go a little digging into Nathaniel Hackett in Green Bay, and yes, he's tainted by the Packers stink, but but he, you know, he there's something about him. I mean, he just he's a bit quirky. I've read a couple of articles about him, and he just kind of has a, a different personality. So I think if you if he if he is hired, you know, by the Bears. They're going to immediately think Trestman just because with Mark Trestman, he had kind of had that weirdness about him. And with Hackett, he kind of has that a bit of that same vibe, you know, but, but he's from a successful organization. I think that's key. You want to get a guy that's, that's, that's a winner. You know, he's been around a really successful organization now with, 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 uh, with, with two different coaches. I believe he wasn't he with uh, McCarthy as well. I mean, he, he's been there a while, you know, he, he knows Aaron Rodgers, but then the drawback is how much is the offense and what's going on is, is going on because they have a Hall of Fame quarterback and, you know, that kind of that's also there with a guy like Byron Leftwich because he has Tom Brady. So there's a lot of plus, a lot of minuses. I, I kind of like uh, Greg Roman too. I think what he's done with his quarterbacks throughout his career, um, that's a plus. Um, I'm kind of like Jeff though. I want a guy that understands how to marry the run game with the pass game. They have to match. The play action has to work. You know, play action is so successful league wide. Whether you can run the ball or not, if you have the the if it looks like your run. The play action pass is successful. It makes no sense that more teams don't do it more. The Bears, of course, are just – I have no idea why Matt Nagy does. He, it's like he, he's afraid to run it. But 
you got to get a guy that understands the run game to the point. I'm not looking for a, a guy that wants to run the ball, you know, all the time. Understand how to marry the two together, play action passes, because I think that would fit Justin Fields. He wants to go deep, and and a lot of those play action, you know, s- schemes, there's always a guy going deep, and I think that would uh, that would fit his skill set. All right, EJ, let's hear about this pipe dream. Do you need to take a hit before you? No, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, if we're talking about guys that used to play for the Bears, it was as a spare bear. But, you know, hey, Sean Payton, um, there have been whispers. And, no, do I think he's coming free? I don't. He's He's got a good thing going in New Orleans despite, um, you know, losing Drew Brees. And some people have theorized, hey, this was really a rough year and he might be ready for change and, and might want to have a, a different address to show that he can do it in multiple places. If that's the case, like get that guy an interview because Sean Payton is, he embodies all the things we're talking about. He, he doesn't need understand. an interview. No, you don't need an interview. That's one of those guys where like, he wants it. He's take it. Yeah. yeah he's the coach. I, I would agree. Um, and there are very few guys like that. Other than that, I like the name Lester brought up and I don't think enough people are bringing it up because Matt Fleur gets a lot of credit uh, for what's gone on in green Bay. There's always the, how much of this is Aaron? Uh, but you look at Aaron Rodgers and his success under the current regime, which is Lafleur and Hackett, and you look at how much he was limited under the last years of McCarthy, right? So they're doing something right. They're at least opening the gate and saying, "Run, go for it. You know, do what you can do." Um, I think Hackett's had success where he's gone. And it makes him a very interesting candidate. The other one is Brian Dable. People jumped off the Brian Dable bandwagon. Uh, I mean. And, you know, he came roaring back against New England in New England. And everybody's like, oh, maybe he didn't forget how to coach. Well, maybe not when there's not 55 mile an hour winds and sleet. Um, I think Dable's a guy, again, like Eberflus on the defensive side that does adjust, that does game plan, that does shift to his personnel. And as guys come in and go out, um, you know, we saw Cole Beasley leave the lineup and, you know, his replacement ended up having a couple of touchdowns. Like he's a guy that can do it as well. So uh, those are two of the top guys in terms of who I would want to see interviewed. Um, Roman, I'm not as hot on as a lot of folks. I think his run game concepts are amazing like some of the best in the league. I think his passing concepts are on the flip side. They're some of the worst in the league. We see Ravens receivers running into each other probably every other week. Um, We see a lot less success than you think you should out of a bunch of their talent on the passing game side. And that worries me like deeply because again you have to be successful with the pass in this league and and look Justin Fields that's that's a weapon for him and I don't think Roman fully understands that piece of it um and one of those guys that might be better as a coordinator than as a head coach yeah we're we're in line with the Roman thing I I don't really buy his his passing attack um I love Dave Ball because of the play action stuff I think he's got some of the best play action play action packages in the league. I think Kellen Moore is interesting. I think he's young, but I think he's really interesting. That would be kind of the most fun hire in a lot of ways because he'd be really buying in really early on, on Kellen Moore, who's, who's with the Cowboys right now. You know, people want to talk about Josh McDaniels. There's a lot of like negative feelings about Josh McDaniels because what happened in Denver and then of course what happened in Indianapolis. I don't think Bears fans would get super excited about Josh McDaniels, even though he's done incredible work in New England. And but I I kind of understand that. 
Another name that kind of gets thrown out is Jim Caldwell, who did really well with the Lions. And like he, he seems like a good coach. He needs another chance. I, I I don't know. I think I'd be okay with that if the Bears gave it to him, but he's maybe not the most exciting name um on the list. And you know, otherwise you have Andy Tree, Andy Reed Tree uh guys, and I'm just not sure that Chicago has an appetite for that. So that's just kind of an introduction. There's a ton of stuff out there. We don't know anything about where the Bears are looking, but know that those are names that are being floated out there and something to consider. So um, any final word on coach before we break and then get into the pizza draft? Yes, please. I want a new one. Yes, definitely a new one. Matt Nagy's got to go. We've seen enough of the, uh, the stagnant routes and the, and the poor run game and the, the, the refusal pretty much action. all of it everything <laughs> yeah. i i put out a tweet last week that it, it's just amazing that the bears haven't found a way to be successful at some small corner of offensive football like they haven't stumbled their way into like hey they're really good at quarterback sneaks or tight end out routes or something they're just bad sort of uniformly at all of it and that's like saying every time you flip a coin it's going to come up tails for a hundred straight times like they're just they're bad in a way that is impressive. They've had moments where the run game has worked well, but it has not been sustained stretches. And, you know, that that's it. That, but the, 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 the system's broken. I mean, that, that apple fell so far from the Andy Reed tree and it's just, uh, it's rotted. So uh, we'll take a quick break here and then we are going to do a pizza, pizza toppings draft. So stick with us. All right, guys, let's get into this pizza toppings draft. I mean, I don't know. We're, I mean, it's it's New York playing Chicago. They both love pizza. We love pizza. I've we had way pizza. too much of it in my life. But is that really a thing that you can have too much of? I don't think so. So here's how pizza topping draft is going to work. Three of us are going to draft four toppings and a flex topping, right? So we will go through what those are. Now, the, the rule is that any type of crust you want. We're not drafting crust, right? So if you want to do thin crust, you want to do, you know, hand toss, you want to do deep dish, whatever. That, that's not what we're talking about here. You get a crust, whatever it is that you want. You get a marinara sauce and you get mozzarella cheese. We all get that. We're not going to compete for those, those items. What we're talking about is toppings. And you get four toppings and one flex. If you want to go four meats, you can go four meats. If you want to go four veggies, you can go four veggies. I don't. We don't care about that distribution. You don't have to do two and two or anything like that. And then the flex category, you got to pick one of those. You can pick it at any time. Meats, this is what we've defined. There may be other meats out there. You may be upset that we're not talking about your meat, but this is what we have identified <laughs> Cut as that the meat. Right there. Nope, nope, that's we'll staying in. We'll keep that's it. staying in. You and you know, Lester every week talks about hot bears. Hot bears, on, yeah. Uh, wow. on, uh, on okay. Our, uh, but I never talk show, about so. somebody's meat. That's yeah, we're gonna, I, if we're not gonna, go if we're not talking about your meat, don't get upset. Okay. <laughs> so what we've identified as options: sausage, pepperoni, grilled chicken, ground beef, prosciutto, and then a category of like salami. So your your soppressadas and your your capicolas, salami. All that's just one category. Canadian bacon, bacon, seafood, and then drop down to veggies. I know it's not a veggie, but mushrooms, green peppers, onion, tomato, arugula, spicy peppers like jalapenos, olives, banana peppers, pepperoni peppers. So a lot of pepper options here. And then the flex category is fruit, 
Huh, so terrible. Get wide open here. category there. Hot sauce, red pepper flakes, salt and pepper, grated Parmesan, or ranch because because it's a thing in North Carolina. Dip your pizza in ranch. So my so, son loves ranch on his pizza. I can't get into it. It's a thing. People, it's real. Yeah, some it's people do. You're the guest. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say you can you can choose your draft order. If you want to draft oh. first, second, or third, you get to pick. Uh, is it a snake draft? We're no. gonna, we'll snake. Oh, no, we're, we're not snake. snake. No. no, we're not. You said no. That's fine. Three we'll just people. Go. We're not snake. Okay. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Right. Buster's going cool. first. You know, I, I kind of feel like I'm going to just throw things off, off the rails here because I'm going to go bacon, number one. Oh, look at that. Wow. There it was. Okay, defend your pick. I just like this the saltiness. I think there's a lot you can do with bacon. You can make a you can use the bacon grease and make a nice Alfredo sauce with it. You know, with a nice bechamel, perhaps there instead of going marinara, you have an option there for an, uh, for a different kind of sauce. And okay, bacon's just good. I mean, yeah. everyone <laughs> loves bacon. Bacon's just good. I feel like yeah. you just captured twenty percent of the Twitter vote just because <laughs> yeah, right off the bacon. top. Yeah, like right you, there. You're, you're just trying to win the poll. All right, EJ, do you want to go second or you want me to go second? What's the... Uh, why don't you go second? It's All right. My first round pick, I'm taking mushrooms. I have to take it oh. off the board. Now, I'm sh- I'm sure that's a controversial pick. I don't care. You're going to lose the Twitter poll. I don't care. Right I'll, I'll lose it again. Here's the thing. <laughs> that umami flavor, that's what I'm all about. Okay? I have to have that on a pizza. That's... It, whatever pizza I'm getting, I'm adding mushrooms to it. Like, if it doesn't come with mushrooms pre pre you know the what's on the menu they've got some stuff on it i'll have that pizza and please add mushrooms like that's my thing i have to have mushrooms on the pizza i'm taking it off the board i don't care at the expense of whatever else mushrooms are my first round pick i i feel like i got pipped here uh, it wouldn't have been my first round pick but i i'm i'm having flashbacks to our bears defensive draft where you took all the corners because mushrooms was probably like my number <laughs> two pick um but no great pick i have no I have no issue with you picking mushrooms. Um, my first round pick, as uh, as one of my trio has been taken, I got to get sausage before it goes off the board. I love sausage on pizza, and it combines well with other vegetables, including mushrooms. Um, if I'm I'm gonna pick the meat first, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the other stuff later. I'm going sausage. Excellent. Yeah, sausage is a big category too. So there's there's some good stuff in there, and that's I mean. You go to a bad pizzeria, there's going to be sausage. So you have that at your disposal. All right, Lester, round two for you. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I feel like I have to go veggie because I don't want to lose all the veggies here. I'm going to go green pepper. Okay. Um, I just like the flavor of it. It adds a little something to it. You could roast them. You know, you could saute them. I just think it adds a little something. Plus, it's, it's, it's you can use it with a lot of different stuff. Again, we, I talked about the different style sauces. It works with a, with a white sauce on occasion, depending on what you have with there going with it. So uh, I'm going green pepper. Oh, this this has worked out beautifully. <laughs> oh, I'm look, very excited. excited for my second round pick. Our so I, I'm going to take the Italian grinder meats off the board, the salamis, the capicolas, the sapersadas. To me, sapersada is the best, but I will take any of those. That to me is like if you like pepperoni, you will love suppressata, right? Like th- that to me is like it's a higher class of pepperoni. And if I'm having a pizza and I get two toppings, it's suppressata and mushrooms. So I'm actually already set. Everything else for the rest of this draft, 
I'm just adding on just wonderfulness. So I'm already happy. What pizza joints are you going to that gives you that as an option? I, oh I my never God, Lester, that. you got to hang with me. Come on, I, I got to go. Is it, is it a, is something in Iowa there only, an Iowa thing? Oh, come on. No, it's that's oh, everywhere. Chicago, but is it I, everywhere? Okay. If you can't get like that class in Chicago. Meat, in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. It's a, a You're just hanging out in the wrong neighborhood. Yeah, you got you to try new neighborhoods if, okay. if your pizza joints aren't offering. Um, all right. I, I, too, am with Lester. I feel like I have to go veggie because I don't want them all to be gone. And uh, my choice, my first choice for veggie is going to be olive. So sausage and olive. If I could have sausage, olive, and mushroom, which has been off the board, like that's that's the trio. I think that's like the solid base pie to go after. So I'll take olives off the board. Are you going black or green olives? Oh, black for me on pizza. I like green olives and other things. I actually like almost any kind of olive. Um I don't know where you guys are. Maybe not in Iowa, but where we are, uh, grocery stores have like olive bars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. It's Iowa. Isn't like the caves. <laughs> we get food. Yeah, we get. But it's all we have to do. You grow the- a lot of olives in Iowa. Do you, do you grow a lot? Well, maybe you do, but I mean, <laughs> no, no we don't grow. We time. don't grow anything but feed corn and soybeans, but we still get in, you know, stuff right, brought in. We get food state. in. Yes, All we right. have. Well, olive I did bars not, here. much to your dismay, I did not put feed corn or soybeans on the. We top don't put that on pizza. We don't put it on oh, anything. Okay. So All right. All right. That's the whole point. It's desert. All right. <laughs> Round three. Lester, back to you. Oh, back to me. So is this offer one pizza? We're making multiple pizzas here. So you you can do, do either. This, These we are your toppings. So if you want to start building a second pizza, that's fine. If you like, okay. hey, I'm good with a pizza that's just this topping and now i've made a pizza that's just this topic. whatever okay. whatever your thing is okay okay uh i, I got it fruits just that's, that's a non-starter i can't believe fruits even on here are there are you guys big guys with put pineapple the hawaiian pizza is that a bit okay i mean i would eat it but we should just take that off the list now because anyone eats it, pineapple it pizza, offends you oh it, i'm offended by the pineapple okay. style pizza jeff we've uh, offended another guest <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go pepperoni it's a classic, you know. I I think pepperoni. The way I like pepperoni is when it's uh, on the top of the pizza, and 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 the wood burning oven crisps it up the edges, and it gets a little mm-hmm. little burnt, maybe. Yeah, I think that's the best way to have your pepperoni on a pizza. Oh yeah, and, and then it'll like cup, and you get the little cup, grease in the grease. Cup. Oh, yes. oh, the grease is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's <laughs> wonderful. Perfect to absolutely broil the top of your mouth. That's the that's probably the number one culprit for mouth burns is the little cupped up pepperoni with basically boiling oil in it, right? <laughs> just playing. Yeah, EJ bringing it down. I think it's delicious. I I think it's delicious. However, if I've burned my mouth on pizza, it's got to be cupped pepperoni. <laughs> okay. All right, I I actually don't know quite what to do. I've already kind of built my like ultimate two topping pizza, so I feel like I have some some play here. I really like chicken on a pizza. I know that's maybe a little weird to some people. Mm-hmm. I really like it because it's versatile. You get into like the the buffalo chicken pizzas or things like that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. I just like I eat a lot of chicken anyway. That's kind of my my preferred meat. So I'm going to take grilled chicken off the board. I think it does make a really good pizza. Have you had a barbecue chicken pizza? Yeah, barbecue pizza. Barbecue chicken pizza is outstanding. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Opens up new worlds. 
chicken alfredo pizza oh, yeah some... i think chicken i'm getting hungry might be, right now. might be like the guy that plays all three phases on the team because like you can do the barbecue you can do the sort of sweet savory you can do the white sauces you get like chicken kind of goes with everything. you want to throw chicken and pepperoni on a pizza and just have all the meat stuff go together like yep it tastes great nobody nobody's gonna argue about that chicken's the kind of he's chicken's the topping that can just go anywhere and is really isn't gonna upset the ball game so uh interesting uh all right i got sausage and olive um i'm gonna go peppercini i okay. love peppercini like peppercini is is good stuff you carve it up in little rings and throw it on pizza i tend to like it um i know it's a very um polarizing pizza topping like some people like what's that green stuff on my pizza get that off of there but I like it. I think it goes great with sausage. Um, I'm going to take pepperoni. Yeah, I don't think that's weird. I like pepper. They got a good flavor. They're a good flavor pepper. There's no real spice in them. They're they're a good flavor yep. pepper. Lester, back to you for round oh, four. Oh, back to me. I'm going to go onion. Okay. It's Classic. A perfect, it's a perfect pairing with green pepper. You know, I, I got the bacon. I got the onion, green pepper. I'm just building a pizza. Right I'm, I'm going to go make right. right I like, I'm going like downstairs and making earlier this pizza in the right now. <laughs> you go order pizzas. So, are you uh like a yellow or white onion guy, or like a red onion guy? Uh, oh, good question. You get them all because it's just onion. But there's the, there's there's the sweet onion. Of course, is nice. It adds a little bit of of uh, depth to the pizza there. But the on red barbecue onion, chicken, sweet onion is the play. You know, I, yeah, on, on barbecue chicken, of course, you want the sweetness. You know, I, I'm not gonna do the. I'm not going to be against any onion. I like them all. You know, green onions are good too. I like green onions chopped up and diced and put on there as well. So, you know, anything for that little bit of a bite, just a nice little extra flavor for you. I, I'm all about the red onion on a pizza. So that, that's why I ask because I think that's phenomenal. Also, I like, now, when you have your onions, you like it diced or you like left in rings? Uh, for like a red onion, it's more like strips for me. Strips, that's okay. What, that's what I would like. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all about that. I'm all about red onion. That would have been my next pick. So you did you did take a uh, a prospect off the board for me. Nice. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears here. I am going to take red pepper flakes. I'm gonna take my flex. I'm gonna take all red right. pepper flakes off the board. That to me is is a must. That's the the one thing on the table that I pull. Um, is, is red pepper flakes. I, I enjoy giving that little bit of spice. Um, that is something I put on pretty much any pizza to give give it a little bit of a hit. So I'll take red pepper flakes for round four. Nice. I I feel like I still have a lot of the board to work over here. I've got uh, a couple of veggies. I feel like I need to go back to the meat category. And we have ground beef, prosciutto, Canadian bacon, or seafood, which is a wide open category. Um, I've had a bunch of seafood pizzas being in washington not not particularly a favorite I, I think seafood does a lot of things great i don't think pizza is necessarily it so i'm gonna go for old reliable and go for ground beef i feel like i already have my spicier meat i'm just gonna go for ground beef topping that uh, feels like a white flag to me but hey you know it's your pizza there's no wrong answers you know if you're gonna go with seafood for me i like shrimp yeah. And I like grilled shrimp, and I, I don't like with with red sauce. I like it either with uh, like a pesto. I like it shrimp with, uh, and Alfredo. With, with Alfredo. I've or had that. barbecued like, shrimp pizza is also ooh, outstanding. 
I don't know that I've ever had a barbecued shrimp pizza, but I've had like smoked oyster pizza. I've had a lot of different seafood pizzas being near the coast. I, it's just not my favorite way to have seafood. I would I would do other things with that, but I'm going to go ground beef. Lester, last pick. Oh, and I'm, I'm in the flex spot now. Uh, I'm going to go grated parm. Okay. Are we talking the stuff in the can, that parm, or are we talking that grated? Or are we talking like fresh grated? I mean, if you're going to get – I'm going to go fresh. You just accuse me of being too fancy for getting <laughs> basic Italian grinder meats on my pizza. Okay. And now you're like, oh. do I get to bring out which my kind freshly of, grated – oh, I, 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 I want the gun where I like twist it, and I want that that oh. kind of parm. Yeah, so sure. I'm going to go with grated parm right there. That's what I want. All right. I'm down. And if nothing else, you get all the pepper shaker parm too. You get oh, all the I little like give it you know me. glass give shakers on the. You yeah. get that parm as well. All right, so my last pick. I think I'm. I feel like I'm maybe doubling up here on a concept, um, but I'm going to take spicy peppers. I do enjoy um, like jalapeno or whatever, like something with some spice, like a jardiniere, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I would oh, nice. absolutely take that on a pizza. Italian like... beef pizza too. Oh my god, I'm so hungry right now. Plus, I'm, I'm buzzing pretty good. <laughs> Italian when you beef. should the time when you should either most order pizza or never order. I'm going to order like... pizza when I, as soon as I end the show. I'm going to go talk to my daughter. Say, what do you want? We're getting a pizza right now. Let's go. <laughs> I I fully support this decision. That's outstanding. All right, look, uh, all right, EJ, you got last. Yeah, I have to pick draft. a flex because uh, I'm. I'm two and two, uh, and I'm going to go hot sauce. I like hot sauce, but it has to be the right hot sauce. I don't like super hot hot sauces. I'm with you, JB. I like more flavor, Um, and I've got a great green sauce that I love, especially on day-old pizza. Hmm. If I am reheating a piece of pizza, I love it. It's Cholula green sauce. It's got poblano peppers in it, a little bit of jalapeno. And it's got a great flavor. I love it on day-old pizza. So I'm going to go hot sauce. How do you eat leftover pizza? You I eat it cold? Or how do you... Or if you heat it up, how do you heat it up? No microwave. Okay. Like, like like for me, it's either oven. Yeah. Or or what I like to do is, is I like to put it in a pan. A little bit of olive oil to get the crust a little crispy mm-hmm. on the bottom. That's To me, that's the best way to have a reheated pizza. Yeah, I'm with Lester. My first choice is pan reheated. My, I don't ever do oven because our oven takes a long time to heat up. And I will do cold and or microwave with the same frequency, which is I just need to eat this piece of pizza right now. And I have like four minutes before I have something else to do. So at that point, I'll nuke it or eat it cold. We've got a little toaster oven. Oh, We, nice. we had one and it. It went to you, so we don't we don't have the we don't have the toaster oven option. Oh, if we did, that's that's primary. That's great. Yeah, because it heats up like that, and mm-hmm. and then you get it just kind of. It's almost it's almost like fresh. I mean, it's very close. That that's that's my preferred method. So, all right. To recap, my toppings are grilled chicken, and then the salami, Coca Cola, Saprasada type Italian meat grinder uh, salamis, mushrooms. Spicy peppers and red pepper flakes. That's what I get to choose with toppings. Not all at once, but that's how I can make different pizzas. Uh, Lester has pepperoni, bacon, green pepper, onion, and grated parm. That sounds like 
like a like a supreme that, pizza. Basically. That's chalk, man. That's, yeah, he went feels, absolute chalk. He feels right down super chalk. Yeah, but that's okay. I played the board. I was laid out. What, what am I going to do? That's, yeah, that's, he's like, he's like, know, he's I, I let the, the board come to me. Next to him. Yeah, <laughs> I let the draft come to me, and I yeah. end up with chalk supreme pizza. Which, let's be honest, there's nothing wrong with that. All I'm like, missing are black olives. He's on my miss, pizza missing olives. Yep. Yeah. All right, and then EJ has sausage, ground beef, olives, pepperoni peppers, and hot sauce for his topic. So I kind of want pizza now too with that. I agree. (laughs) I'm not even hungry and I want pizza. So that is a dead giveaway fat kid tendency um, that, uh, you know, not hungry, but I'll go eat. Right. Um, All right. So that's the pizza toppings draft. (laughs) If you stuck with us, (laughs) let us know what your pizza toppings are. Let us know where we went wrong because everybody's got opinions on pizza toppings, much like the cheese draft. So, uh, we'll circle back to the beers here. Uh, Lester, you said that it was doing the job, which meant it had alcohol in it. It's gone. I, it. I, I, 9.9%. I am like, I've told you guys before, I am a lightweight. I, I rarely drink, like rarely drink. So I'm buzzing right now. We appreciate the effort. Yeah, 9.9 nine, nine, and it's a big can. It's it's, yeah, it's, it's I, for the brand, Bears Over Beers. I have to do it. I know the first time I came on the show, I drank an iced tea. And ever since then, true. I've tried to always bring on some sort of alcoholic beverage just and how did you it know taste? you can you can make ah, iced tea yes. you can make iced tea oh yeah taste we need I, a taste I, i'm not a big fan of beers to be honest with you yeah this sure was, but then you went this for was, a double ipa i don't know the difference you know <laughs> okay <laughs> my beer knowledge Anarch. comes from your show so like oh, i, I saw it's it's a beer hug it's got a it's got a nice bear look can you see the bear oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's great canner one of the yeah, best beer hug it's it's a chicago brewery goose island which is classic you're hitting all the high points here and you know we appreciate your sacrifice that a you're not a huge beer fan b you don't drink all that often and you down the whole thing and it's nine nine so that's uh if if i'm gonna drink i'm drinking for one reason that is i'm not drinking for the taste i'm drinking a drink for what's in it (laughs) drinking to support the brand see nice EJ, how's the uh, yeah, Belgian? The Belgian is very Belgian. So uh, one of the features, uh, most prominent facets of a Belgian is a typically a little bit of a citrus taste to it, usually orange. Um, Belgians are big on a little bit of orange rind in their beer. This one has a lot of that. It has a very light beer taste to it at 4.5% and just the overall sort of build hop character. Like it is extremely mild in terms of beer but there is a lot of citrus presence there so it's super refreshing and be great in hot weather which we are not having right now it's 19 degrees and snowing um but it's a delightful beer it's easy to drink it's only four and a half percent alcohol so getting through 16 ounce and not slurring or taking terrible pizza toppings wasn't that hard to do Well, for those of you fitness nuts that just drink smoothies all the time, this can be your gateway into drinking beer <laughs> because it really does. It has like a, it has a thickness to it, right? Like it's not like it a sound a, like beer. To me. I was going to say, sell the sizzle, Jeff. That ain't it. There's a beer, but it has a thickness. Well, it's like a, it's a smoothie beer. So you can taste that. Like it's that it, it actually has the consistency of a smoothie. I'm I'm just saying I'm just I'm uh, that is not a winning is. recipe for me. I'm, I'm reporting I'm, I'm what it is, right? You okay. have, you have accused me of drinking beers that you could eat with a spoon or eat with a and you're and telling me you're drinking a smoothie. and I'm telling you that this is what this is. 
Okay. It's a smoothie. Where's the it's peanut right butter on chocolate stout? That's what I'm waiting for. And it's, this is a, a fruit smoothie. Beer I brought okay. it on because I thought Lester might like it. It uh, does sound like something I would drink. Does it taste like beer? Because I don't like the way beer it tastes. doesn't. It doesn't taste like beer at all. Okay. It tastes like a smoothie. Like I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. It bears tastes, over smoothies. It tastes like go. a like a smoothie that like has alcohol in it, and it you can't really taste the alcohol. But six point two is it's not nothing, right? And oh. it, so anyway, it's tasty. It's very it, it's sweet. Like I mean, it's 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 too it's probably too sweet, but it's I mean it's 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 tasty. Some of these smoothie beers are are not quite as sweet. <laughs> I've had a few of them. Is that official Any, category smoothie beer? Is anybody that, that can say new one. that, like, oh with, come on, no, that can say of all the smoothie beers I've tried, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I tried a smoothie beer. I no, I lean on Jeff for this. EJ, type it of is knowledge. research. It I is totally, research uh, for the podcast. You are my researcher for anything <laughs> that has more than three sweet ingredients listed in the first five, like syrup. <laughs> like I'm like, yep, that's Jeff's beer. Cool. So if you're into that, or if you're into smoothies and want to drink a beer, this is your gateway. So um, other than that, I don't know. I mean, it's fine. It's it's not like, you know, it's not something that you'd want more than one of in your life. But um, all right, let's, let's get out of here. It, you know, check out the YouTube page. Check out the website. We write stuff. Lester has a lot of stuff that he writes. I write a couple of things. That would be cool if you check that out. Lester, anything you want to plug? Uh, not right now. I'm just thinking about pizza because okay. my beer is gone. So I want well, pizza. <laughs> Lester and I host another show. We do. We do. Called Bear and Balance, where we talk about the game after the fact. So check that out if you haven't. Um, and if you have, thank you for doing that. EJ, you have another podcast. I do. How'd that go this week? I don't this week. Um, (laughs) I I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. We had to record early this week uh, because of holiday travel schedules and everything else. We usually record on Tuesday. Bootleg comes out on Wednesdays. We recorded on a Monday and we thought, hey, it's going to come out a day early. That's foreshadowing, folks. No, it's not coming out at all. Uh, It got accidentally deleted, which at the time was the same day. Uh, that both Jeff and John Madden died. And so I had bigger things to worry about. And I was actually kind of like, yeah, that sucks, but it's not that big a deal. And like the next day, I started to miss it a little bit. And I realized this is what actors feel like when their entire part of a movie gets left on the cutting room floor and nobody even (laughs) knows they were in it. And you wouldn't, I didn't figure it would be that way. We do this every week. Um, We're, I think we're four episodes away from a hundred. Um, like I did, I was like, so it doesn't come out this week. So what? And then, like over the last 48 hours of my grieving process, I've been like, oh, but we had that great bit about X and oh, we said that thing about and nobody's ever going to hear it. So no bears over uh, no bootleg this week. We do have bears over beers this week. We'll be back to bootleg next week. Um, You know, it's it is what it is. Happy holidays. We love everybody. We are super happy that everybody's spending time with us this year and happy new year's to everybody um you know it's been a heck of a year congratulations for hanging on thriving whatever happened in your world this year uh we appreciate you spending time with us yeah let's make 2022 much better than 2021 i think for many many reasons 2021 wasn't great um but hopefully you're making the 
necessary adjustments in your life to get through the pandemic and everything else. And hopefully that the bears deliver a little bit better 2022 than they did a 2021. So um, really appreciate everybody uh, all year. This is a lot of fun. We'll be here next week to go over one more game. Lester and I will do two more game recaps and then we will probably take a break. So we'll have our last episode of the season for bears over beers next week. Look forward to that. We'll see you then. Bear down.